Thriving in today's fast-paced world of change and disruption requires innovation. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that explores the ins and outs of innovation with raw stories, real insights, and practical advice from the best and brightest in the world of startups and innovation. Each week, we'll bring you the latest ideas in lean startup, design thinking, corporate venture capital, and more. Now, let's get started. All right, thank you, and welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. We've got a couple of great guests, Neil Sony and Chaz Giles, who are the uh, global heads of external innovation at Estee Lauder uh, companies. And uh, we wanted to jump in on a conversation and find out a little bit. You've been spending the last year or so uh, focused on external innovation within Estee. What, so talk, to, talk a little bit about, so did you have a clean sheet of paper to start with for Estee, uh, or were there other efforts that... Uh, came into play to, and then this is like an evolution uh, of their innovation efforts. Um, I would say this is, this is definitely an evolution. So, you know, this is Chaz speaking. They have a long history of, um, um, you know, kind of partnering and, and building with partners and, and looking both at the great creativity they have inside and the, you know, innovation and creativity that happens outside. Um, I think what, you know, the, the work that we really came in to do was to kind of help progress that and, you know, take one step that's kind of a, you know, a linear evolution and then take a big step change into, you know, how we think about some of those partnerships. And so, you know, a lot of that was to come in and help bring some of the, the VC discipline and some of the entrepreneurial spirit and focus to that kind of work we were doing. Um, and then another part of it was to kind of bring in a different perspective around, um, you know, what innovation looks like in the Valley and, you know, how we can tap into some new ecosystems um, for where innovation is happening um, and, you know, how we can, can kind of drive uh, mutual value, not just to, you know, for Estee Lauder, but um, for all the companies and entrepreneurs that we want to partner with and work with as well. Yeah, and just to elaborate on that, like the, I would say one of the biggest things that we've seen, um, you know, has been, has you know, startups are very appreciative of is when, you know, we come into it since, as Chad said, we've been on kind of all sides of this table. Um, we kind of come into it with looking for how to create a win-win deal as opposed to, you know, a lot of times a big company will come in kind of oblivious to um, the challenges that a startup is facing. So like, you know, for example, if a startup is coming in and, and they're talking about, you know, either an investment or a big, you know, kind of enterprise deal, probably, the, you know, something that's going to make up the, the bulk of their revenue, um, or they have a choice of going to go raise their next round, those things have like time limits on there, right? I mean, there's a burn rate, there's, there's, there's a uh, cash reserve, right, that is going to run out if you um, stall the deal out for, for too long. Um, so I think it's helped the companies we've worked with, and I think it's also helped Estee Lauder in that, um, you know, we're, we're empathetic to, to the challenges that the startups face, and, and because of that, it helps our inbound quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe take a step, step back and kind of walk through, like, the actual, um, how Estee's external innovation is structured, kind of what, how has it evolved, and, and how did you get to where you're at today? A lot of what we really have looked to build was to really understand the uniqueness of the culture of, of Estee Lauder. Um, and I think having, you know, done done strategic VC at City and watched the integration of some of those investments into the business units um, to be able to drive, you know, kind of some of the pilots and commercializations. Uh, and then having done some of this, you know, on an enterprise sales side within, you know, being a founder, you know, I think what we were very 
acutely aware of was, you know, oftentimes the opportunities are great, right? But it's about finding the right champions and making sure that the right decisions can be made and that there is the kind of streamlined process that allows a startup that's, you know, literally looking at milestones on a weekly, if not more frequent basis mm-hmm. um, to interact with a bigger company that, you know, typically is looking at milestones that if they're, if they're moving faster on a quarterly basis for a lot of the milestones, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, in, in that cycle time, those those difference in cycle times can be a big challenge. So a lot of what we wanted to do was kind of take a and evolve um, the thinking and the work to be how can we structure the, the work and processes that we have internally to mirror how our partners would be thinking about their business, right? So how can we have a much faster and responsive you know, set of decisions? How can we get to a pilot and get to proof of concept and validation that allows everyone to get data on the table and de-risk the situation instead of you know, having the PowerPoint discussions um, ad nauseum, right? That happens right. in a lot of big companies. So I think you know, it was as much about bringing a similar kind of structure that would you know exist as you think about the top of the funnel of pipeline your diligence process from from an investing perspective and kind of marrying that with the iterations and kind of a lean methodology that startups are approaching mm-hmm. and putting that in a place that says okay if this is how we want to partner here's the strategic areas that we're really focused on we need to do our scouting similar to how I would do it when I was investing and then we need to think about our pilots and our interactions and and kind of proof of concept work with these companies in the same way that we would think about it if we were founders right like what are the two or three things that are absolutely critical in solving this and the other questions can honestly wait for a little bit right Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you know companies and corporations fall into the activity systems that happen um in a natural rhythm and can sometimes stray away from like what are the true two or three killer issues that have to be answered to be able to validate something to be able to move to the next step because in these early stage upstream and some of these breakthrough pieces like we're not going to have all the answers and we have to be comfortable with with having a bit of that ambiguity in the system so corporations can obviously do external um, innovation in a number of different ways and, and we've seen a lot of different models out there you know companies that are spinning out hackathons or creating an accelerator um, or, or, or kind of doing this matchmaking kind of service or, or um, just external partner B&D kind of stuff. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen out there in the marketplace and what are some of the things that uh, you've, you've liked or disliked about what's uh, been seen in the startup-driven innovation space? So I think there's a lot of noise out there, right? There's like a lot of um, what Chaz and I call a buzzword bingo. Uh, where there's there are like hackathons, there's accelerators, there's incubators, there's this, there's that, there's lean. I mean, just you name it, right? Whatever the Silicon Valley buzzword is, there's there's a corporate innovation initiative around it. Um, I, I think a lot of it, to be honest, a lot of it feels like ways that people are just trying to look at big companies as like ATMs um, and trying to extract <laughs> money. I mean, I, like to be completely honest, that's why I see a lot of a lot of efforts out there like that. Um, there are, I mean, you know, that said, there, there's some that are, are pretty good. I mean, I think the ones that speak to specific problem problem areas are obviously much better than just like, hey, we'll give you an accelerator, right? Like, I, those don't feel like they're contributing that much value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's the key, right? It's just like, if, if it actually is solving a problem, which requires an understanding of what the company is actually facing, um, instead of just spitting something at, at a big company. Yeah, and I think I'd, I'd build on that a little bit and, and say, I think... A lot of corporations right now, they're experimenting, right? Fundamentally, the, the um, model of innovation has changed over the last you know, five to 10 years. 
um, everything that we've seen in, in the tech hotspots is, you know, kind of indicating how fast startups can come out. There's been a flood of capital, though that spigot is, is kind of slowly drying up a little bit at the moment. Um, and, and so I think corporations are trying to react, right? And so they're seeing competition start to disaggregate their models and what used to be a big advantage of scale and size is now becoming, uh, you know, slightly disadvantageous in their ability to react, their ability to really truly master the new channels of communication that consumers are using to be able to, you know, drive sales. And so I, I think in that what you're seeing is pendulum swing really, really far to one side, which is people saying, CEOs, you know, chief innovation officers sitting and saying, look, we have to figure these things out. Um, and people throwing a lot of bodies and a lot of money um, at solutions that may or may not be appropriate for them. Um, so I think what, you know, the way that we really thought about it and, and we've, you know, kind of helped several companies think about this, um, you know, kind of throughout our career. And I think the what we're seeing is whether it's an accelerator, an incubator, whether it's you know strategic venture capital, um, you know a matchmaking service, as you said, you know open innovation challenges that are issued. All of those are tools, right? It's effectively you know you're an archer and there are arrows in your quiver, and, and what you're trying to figure out is how can you be as accurate and as efficient as possible in kind of achieving your innovation goal. Um, and I think a lot of companies haven't really thought about you know, these specific programs or tools or offerings um, as a holistic offering mm -hmm. that they have to the outside or to their innovation resources. Um, and I think when that starts to happen, they're going to, to see better results, right? It's going to get closer to what um, venture investing looks like. It's going to get closer to the way that startups run with, there is a set of strategic objectives. There are going to be a series of tests that we're going to employ. There's going to be a diligence process. We're going to wean that down and we're gonna find you know, the few nuggets that are really there and then we're gonna double down on those. Um, and whether it's I'm putting equity investments in a $50,000 slug in an early stage or whether it's I'm giving space and resources and kind um, to help something incubate, all of those things are getting me closer toward what my end goal is. Um, and I think it's the integration of all of those efforts um, that, that will pay big dividends for companies as they go forward. Um, I think the other thing that's there that uh, isn't being addressed too much today is really that cultural challenge for yeah. How do you plug in once you've found something? Um, and so, you know, as, as we talk to people, whether that's, you know, inside of a letter or whether that's kind of in our travels, um, you know, what we hear is like, we see really, really interesting ideas um, and there's companies that are really exciting. And then to bridge that gap from we have some relationship and, you know, there was an accelerator program and this company came out at the top of the class. But what does the corporation then go to? Mm -hmm. How do they have the, you know, those flexible systems that can allow that small company to participate with the large company and not get squished along the way, right? And still right. bring all the things that, that they saw in that company that were so valuable and bring those to the party. Um, and I think that's where that evolution has to happen now. So it's like, great, you made an investment. Now what, right? Like, right. how do you actually drive value from that on both sides of the table? Because I think it's been very one-sided. Either companies go super hands-off, and they basically are investing, and then they look like financial investors, which can be fine, um, except most of their charters aren't financial investment charters, right? right. They're strategic investment charters, right. um, and so they have to figure out how to bridge that, and and vice versa for the companies too, right? A lot of the startups haven't figured out how to work with the big companies in a way that you know 
they can still maintain some of their autonomy and be a startup, but also figure out you know what this new relationship can offer and, and be better than what they could have done on their own. Right, for sure. So, so and, go ahead, and, Neil. Sorry, just to, just to elaborate on, on one of the things there um, that Chaz said in the beginning of that, like I think one of the fundamental differences that's that's happening right now, one of the, I guess the the evolution that's happening, is companies are starting to realize that innovation is not just like something that's tasked to R and D or an innovation group or whatever it's called. They're thinking of, about it as like I, I use a metaphor that's like I call it a web, right? So there's like a node of the web is your R and D group, right? And there's certain things that your R and D group can probably do better than anyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. Then there are there's a node that is it could be Silicon Valley startups, right? And that there's certain things that like you're gonna find in that node of the web, right? That are like gonna bring in certain types of innovation or or you know can bring in breakthroughs. Then there's some that might be like university partnerships. Like then there might be some which are research labs. So there's there's a kind of a, a, a I guess a web of different innovation players and in different parts of the ecosystem, and each of those things is contributing, and you don't know where the next breakthrough is coming from. So right. I think companies are starting to get to this place where they're going to build this kind of web-like approach um, to to their innovation system. Yeah, I like the idea of a portfolio approach where you're, you really are trying to understand like which of my um, resources are going into Horizon One, Two, or Three types of initiatives, um, what are my outcomes, you know, are, am I doing exactly. this to, for cultural reasons to get yeah. my folks more entrepreneurial thinking, or am I doing it for, you know, strict, direct financial benefit, or, or whatever the case may be. But. Or is it PR, or is it, yeah, exactly. what is the, yeah, yep. So what are some of the, uh, I guess, expectations that have changed over the last year or so, uh, or what's changed in the marketplace that you've seen in, with regard to this space? I think the biggest shift right now is, is actually just what's happening on the VC side. Um, so as people start to get a little more bearish and uh, turn the coffers off a little bit, um, and you know that obviously their startups, portfolio companies, and some of the new ones coming into the market, um, they have a different set of expectations. Whether that's you know valuations are changing, or whether that's they're looking to you know move into a realm that drives more revenue and profitability. I, I think there's just definitely a mindset shift right now um, among kind of the external community that's changing the role that strategics are playing the importance of some of these relationships, um, and you know I think it will continue to change. Uh, over the next couple of years for the role that, that corporations play in the innovation ecosystem um, because as you know access to capital thins out a bit, um, you know there needs to be different ways that companies can get out into the market, can test, can pilot um, and kind of get to their proof of concepts and I think there will be some more of these interactions that you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's actually a, a big benefit for strategic players on the you know corporate innovation side. Um, companies have to, startup companies have to optimize for revenue, I think, earlier than, or they will have to optimize for revenue a little earlier than, than they were before, um, which I think opens up a lot of really cool opportunities for um, bridging the gaps between both sides. Yep. Yeah, and I think some of those, the, the other one that I would add in there is I think the um, kind of continual change, especially in the space that we play. So, um, you know, obviously the, the changing environment in retail and commerce um, you know, over the last year has continued to evolve uh, super rapidly. And so as companies look at that both, you know, in the U.S. and globally, um, you know, I think the, the consumer dynamic of what and how they're informed, what and how they're, you know, entertained and, and how that drives the commerce, um, I think is one that we continue to watch 
very, very closely. Um, and, and I think more and more companies are popping up there and more and more corporations are, you know, really experimenting to, you know, understand what the shift means, the continued shift from bricks and mortars yeah. to digital to mobile to, you know, kind of the, the increasing... Uh, call it availability as well as interest in VR and the role that that plays in different mm-hmm. places. You know, all of those kind of pieces are, are continuing to really reshape the retail landscape. Um, and for companies like, you know, Estee Lauder and, and others, um, you know, that's that's obviously critical for us to, to be part of. For sure. Yeah, it's something, it's something I've been hearing anecdotally and, and something we've had some internal conversations around too, and, and like every company, um, is some of the breaking down of the uh, of the barriers of kind of these these artificial channel barriers, right? So you you traditionally have like internet separate from bricks right. and mortar, right. separate from mobile, right? Like so everything is kind of side book, um, and and obviously consumers don't think in that siloed fashion, right? So um, I, I think that's something we're going to see more and more um, as companies starting to think of their consumer as a as a overarching consumer experience as opposed to um, you know, channel-based silos. Mm-hmm. Maybe one last question. Um, you know, a lot of our audience is kind of new to the space and trying to understand, and like you said, kind of weave their way and experiment and trying to understand what they should be doing or that. What are some either resources or kind of uh, key words of wisdom for those new newbies into the space that they should uh, take away or anything that you've learned in the last uh, year, and a, year or two that uh, you say definitely do this, definitely don't do that? Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a, that's a big question right there. Um, it, I think the, uh, I would say the, the biggest advice I would give, you know, someone stepping into some of the corporate innovation pieces, having done it a, a couple times, is, um, you know, really spend time, especially if you're going to be in the ecosystem, right? So if it's not just an internally focused effort, um, you know, really under, spend time understanding the, the motivations, the pain points, um, the fears, the hopes, the dreams, whatever you want to call it, uh, of the other partners, right? Like, understand what it's like to walk in the shoes of the VCs. Understand what it's like to walk in the shoes of the founders and entrepreneurs that you work with. Because I think if you can understand that, it gives a very new perspective on where and how you can be valuable and helpful in the ecosystem. And if you can be valuable and helpful, there will be no lack of opportunities. Um, and then I think the second part of that is do a similar set of, you know, empathetic understanding for the culture of your organization, for the needs of your business units, the needs of, um, you know, the strategic leaders within the organization, and then figure out how you can stitch those two together. Because I think that's really where the magic comes, is, you know, the, the deep understanding of what's happening, the need states, the pain points on the outside and the inside, and playing that kind of translation role to bring new solutions together to bring kind of those intersection points um, and match those um, for the for the for the companies fantastic nice yeah i would say um from my side something i'm still learning how to do a little bit is uh not even a little bit a lot uh is to be patient so coming from the (laughs) startup side right so if anyone is entering the entering the corporate side from from startup world or is interacting with kind of a corporate innovation group um just know like the timelines are, are very different from startup world um, and that's something, you know, I, I'm sure I rubbed some, rubbed some people the wrong way when I first started <laughs> at Estee Lauder because, <laughs> uh, you know, startup timeline, you're like, as Chad said, you're, you're reevaluating metrics on a, on a weekly, if not daily basis, you know, you're checking in and you're making sure, you know, you're benchmarking, like if, if revenue falls below a certain number, right, on a given hour, you're, you're like <laughs> looking at that. 
Um, so, you know, that's just not the pace of, of, of corporate world, and that's because of, you know, I think a lot of the stakeholders, and it's just, I mean, the scale is just a whole nother, a whole nother level. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, that was a big learning curve, was just the, the timelines, understanding how to get buy-in from, you know, 20 stakeholders, right, in a project, as opposed to, you know, I turn to the left, and there's Chaz, and that's the only person's buy-in I need to go do something, right, <laughs> in the startup side. Um, so it's just very different in terms of how you get something across the finish line and then also how you how you understand the timings um, for how long something is going to take. That's yeah, cool. and I, w- I would add, and I think the, the final piece, and you guys are helping in this, right, with, you know, having podcasts like this and things like that. But, um, you know, I would just say I'd encourage people to, to, to really talk to people in the ecosystem. Um, you know, there's a lot of people like myself that have taken scars for quite a few quite a few years on some of these different pieces and um, you know the, the work we do is fun uh, and, and it's great to see people that are you know really coming in and, and thinking about innovation in different ways and um, you know how to kind of move, remove some of the silos that have kind of existed within innovation between you know bigger companies and smaller companies um, so you know I just encourage people to really to reach out to different people and you know sit and grab some coffee and um, you know have some of these conversations with, with thought leaders in the space because I think it's, it's, it's uh, invaluable. Sounds yeah, great. we're and we're totally you know we're always interested in talking to people whether on the startup side or on the VC or accelerator side or or uh, in the corporate innovation side, just to like learn, see what they're seeing, and uh, and just see how we can be helpful. So Neil and, and Chaz, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and, and have further conversations, what's the best way to do that? Uh, certainly. So I think you know there's there's a couple ways they can find us on LinkedIn. So it's Chaz uh, Giles is, is my LinkedIn, and Neil um, Sony is his. Uh, you can also find us in in our uh, at a website called Intrapreneur.co um, with an I. So Intrapreneur.co for the uh, internal innovation. Um, and yeah, we we love to talk to different people in the ecosystem and, and just continue to stay on top of what's out there. Fantastic. Well, that's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Special thanks to our guests for being on the show this week. Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please do reach out and uh, talk to us on Twitter at the IO Podcast. Uh, visit us online at, at uh, InsideOutside.io. And uh, if you have 30 seconds, go over to iTunes, uh, leave a review, and you can subscribe there as well. We'd love to hear from you, and until next time, go out and innovate.